Welcome to the Milestone Mama podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Hollis, wife, boy mom, and former fitness instructor turned photographer, educator, and birth doula. Becoming a mom in 2020 completely changed my life. And even though it was the greatest joy I've ever felt, it definitely came with some challenges that no one could have ever prepared me for. But I found so much healing and community, and that's why this podcast was born. Tune in each week as we uncover all of the nuances of being a mom, from pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and everything in between. If you're ready to connect, to grow, to learn, to feel inspired, seen, and heard, then you've come to the right place. And I'm so glad you're here, Mama. Let's go ahead and get this thing started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Milestone Mama. Today, I am joined by my sweet friend, Sarah Reeves, who came on to share her birth story with us. Her most recent birth story, that is. She is a mama of two. And she shares the birth story of her son named Edward, who at the time that we recorded this is about nine weeks old. It is such a beautiful story, um, but I will preface this with a bit of a trigger warning that it was a traumatic experience for her and her husband. So um, just want to put that out there that if that subject might be sensitive to you right now, this might be an episode to visit at a later time, but Ultimately, it ends up a very positive outcome, and they are happy and healthy and in love with both of their babies. So I am very grateful to Sarah for sharing this story with us because I know it was not easy, but I'm sure it's going to help lots of other mamas out there. Sarah did have an induction with this birth, as she did with her first birth. So she kind of compares and breaks down the differences between her first birth experience and her second, even though they were both inductions. Um, They were both epidural births as well, and again, very, very different from one another. So this is a really great example of how every single birth can truly be such a different experience, and it's so good to walk in um, prepared, but also with an open mind as well. So Let's just jump right into Sarah's birth story here. Welcome to another episode of the Milestone Mama podcast. I'm here with my sweet friend, Sarah Reeves, today, who is going to be sharing her most recent birth story of her son, Edward. Um, Sarah and I are connected through the photography world and have since become friends, so I'm really excited to chat with her today. I have not heard this story yet myself, so I'll be listening to it. Um, firsthand, just like everybody listening is. And welcome, Sarah. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, Before we jump right into the story of how Edward made his way into the world, can you just give everybody a little overview of who you are, about you and your family, all the things, Sarah? Yeah. So I'm Sarah. Um, I have two little ones. I have a almost 20 month old and a nine week old. So very close in age. (laughs) It's very busy around our house. Um, my husband, his name is Cameron. We've been married for just over three years now. How to think about that for a second. 
Um, but we've known each other since we were in eighth grade. We met in eighth grade and we're each other's first boyfriend and girlfriend. If you can say wow. that is <laughs> what you are in eighth grade. <laughs> so, um, and then I moved away and broke his heart and then we reconnected in college. So we've known each other for a long time, been friends for a long time. And yeah, we're living, um, the Raleigh area and I'm a photographer out here. I also do contract work for some companies for like social media and graphic design and stuff like that. And um, yeah, just living a busy stay at home slash working mom life. So yeah. Wow. You have a full plate. I literally yes. don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know how I do it either, but it happens. Yeah, we just, we find a way, right? Just yep. Day by day, hour by hour. You make it work, but oh, you're yeah. definitely inspiring and make it look easy. So props oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get right into the story. So yeah. he is how many weeks old now? Nine weeks old? He's nine weeks, almost 10 weeks, I guess. He'll be 10 weeks on Saturday. So yeah, still little. Um, fresh. Yes, fresh, definitely. Um, yeah, so he, so he was born on February 13th, so the day before Valentine's Day. I was scheduled to be induced on Valentine's day. So he came a little bit early. Um, but yeah, I feel like I have to start his story by referencing my daughter's story. Cause they're two like very, very different, um, stories. And it took me a long time to process my son's birth, um, a lot because of how my daughter's birth went. So my daughter's birth, I was induced and I literally started the Pitocin at nine in the morning and had her at 12 in the afternoon. So it was super fast. I, after I had her, I remember telling the nurses and my midwife that that was the most peaceful thing I had ever experienced and I could do it a million more times. So I like loved, I just loved it. I like felt so amazing after it. I had, a, I had a harder recovery, but my birth was so good that like, it just, it, was it made it so much easier, I guess, um, to go through that. Whereas my husband's was not (laughs) his, I mean, my husband's, my son, sorry. I knew (laughs) I really have baby brain. (laughs) Um, my son's, (laughs) my son's was not that way. Um, my husband was actually able to help deliver my daughter and he was prepared to do that with my sons. And it ended up not happening just because of how, everything was like going, um, in the hospital room. So, um, yeah, I guess to start with my son's birth, I, um, had really high blood pressure, almost his entire, that entire pregnancy starting like in the second trimester. Um, I was sick up until like week 19 and then I had really high blood pressure and I was being monitored super closely for that. So, Um, I was scheduled to be induced at 39 weeks with him, like on the day and, um, the weeks like leading up to it. I, I think the last two weeks before I had him, I was in and out of the hospital four times being monitored. And by the fourth time I was like, can you just go ahead and induce me? I'm like five days away from having to go to my induction. Um, because my blood pressure was so high. Like it was 158 over like 90 something, like really, yeah, really scary. Um, but I never tested positive for preeclampsia with my daughter. I was like, I tested 0.1 away, which is why I was induced with her. Um, but I never tested positive for it. Um, but my blood pressure was just through the roof and I was put on bed rest. 
And every appointment I would go in, they would send me to the hospital. And um, yeah, so I was scheduled to be induced on February 14th. And my dad had come to stay with us that whole week before um, since I was on bed rest. And I um, remember he left Friday morning. Um, I had him on a Saturday. He left Friday morning to go get my, go back to Charlotte to go get my mom. Um, Cause she accidentally locked her keys in her car. So she wasn't able to <laughs> drive down. So it was a perfect storm for everything. Um, and he left and we we're like, okay, like we'll see you on Saturday. They're going to come back and stay with um, my daughter and watch her while I, while I gave birth. And Friday night at midnight, I started having like consistent contractions. Meanwhile, the whole week before I've been having contractions, but nothing consistent. And that night started having consistent contractions at midnight. And, um, my husband went, was asleep. And I remember just like downloading an app really quick to start tracking them. Um, cause I didn't have one. I did not think I was going to make it, or I, I did not think I was going to go before my induction date. Yeah. So I'm like tracking the contractions and it, hits like two in the morning. And at that point I was like, okay, I need to go to sleep. If I'm going to, I need to like try to sleep. Nothing was getting closer. They were like seven minutes apart. Um, and within those two hours, I knew I was having a birth photographer. So I went and curled my hair <laughs> just in case. Um, so I was like swaying through contractions, curling my hair. Um, and yeah, finally at two o'clock I was like, okay, just lay down, try to close your eyes, close my eyes, fall asleep. 30 minutes later, I wake up feeling like I peed my pants. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so I got up and I was like, okay. Like I started walking to the bathroom and I feel it again. And I was like, surely I didn't just pee my pants two times. Like this has to be my water. So I go to the bathroom and it was definitely my water breaking. And um, it just, it wasn't like a gush with my daughter when I was in the hospital it was like a gush of water. So that's why I was like, okay, I guess it's just leaking. It's not like full on right now. Um, so I woke my husband up and I, um, I woke my husband up and told him like, go ahead and call your parents because with my daughter, once my, once my water broke, it was 45 minutes and she was there. And so I was like really concerned that we weren't going to make it to the hospital if my water broke on its own. So my, my in-laws still needed to drive here 30 minutes to come um, get my daughter. So I was like really nervous, Um, but it ended up taking a lot longer. So we were good. So um, yeah. So my water breaks. I, that he calls, um, his parents, I call my midwife and they told me to go ahead and start like getting ready to come in. Um, and they said it sounded like it was just leaking. Like it wasn't anything to be like freaked out about that. It was going to happen like in the next 45 minutes or anything. So, um, and stop me at any point if you have questions, cause <laughs> I will just keep talking. Um, so yeah. So I'm trying to think. So then I also had a birth photographer coming. So I, um, texted her and let her know what was happening. And she lives, Lauren, it was Lauren Jolly photography. She was um, coming. So she lives like an hour and a half away from where we are. And she knew that my previous birth like happened super fast. So we were just in constant communication. Um, she's also, she's a birth photographer and a doula. So she was able to be, um, at the birth 
since I was having a hospital birth, which was really nice um, with everything going on. Um, so we were just in communication. I let her know like when I was on my way to the hospital, when I got there and we probably, so my water broke at two 30. We probably didn't get to the hospital actually until like four, I think it was like four in the morning. Um, and when I got there, they just took me back to like the monitoring room. They put the monitors on my belly and I was definitely having consistent contractions, but when they checked me, I was only a centimeter dilated. And I was like, so like, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like I had been having contractions like the whole last week. And I had, I had lost my mucus plug the day before actually. Um, and then like my contractions by that point that we got there were already like four minutes apart. So I was like thinking I was going to be more than a centimeter. Um, and when they swiped me to see if it was my, um, water leaking, the like little swab that they do came up negative that it wasn't my water. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not getting sent home again. Like literally I'm staying here. I'm having this baby. I'm not getting sent home. And I told them, I was like, I'm wearing a pad. Like I'm wearing a pad. Water is leaking out. I know that it's my water. I'm not just constantly peeing my pants. So they're like, okay, okay, we'll send like a, a swab down to the lab. But in the meantime, go walk around the hospital. So, which I didn't know that I was allowed to do since I hadn't gotten a COVID test yet, but they let me walk all around the hospital. So, um, so I was walking around the hospital. They're like, just walk around for an hour and a half, two hours. And I'm like, okay. So we start walking. I had, at that point I had taken my pad off and I didn't even think to ask for another one. So I'm just walking in the gown with my underwear on leaking water everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, I finally like 15 minutes later, walk back. And I was like, I'm literally leaking water everywhere. Can I have a pad or something? And they were like, oh, actually, um, it came back. It was your water that broke. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I <laughs> like, like, I know that it was. Thank you for confirming. So um, anyways, they're like, you can go back in the room. And we'll um, come get your COVID test. And, um, and then you should be good to go to the delivery room and everything. And so. Will they admit you? even though you were only a centimeter because your water broke? Yeah. So I think like if your water breaks, you have to, I think to like avoid infection, you have to have the baby within 24 hours. So, um, because my water had been leaking, they went ahead and, um, and admitted me, which I was so glad about. Cause I was just like, I, I, I was like, if I go home, if I went home and then like my contractions were the same, like, I just felt like I wasn't going to know when to come in because they were, they were four minutes apart and they were getting, um, more intense, but I was only a centimeter, you know? So I was just like, okay, well, when, when do I know to come in if I get sent home? So yeah, they ended up, um, admitting me and I got a, I got my COVID test. Um, so when they did my COVID test, I was still in the, um, in the monitoring room and they came back, they did my first one, they came back and the lady walks in and like, I could have sworn she was gonna tell me I was positive because the look on her face, like I was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna tell me I'm positive. Or my husband's not gonna be able to be here because for us, my husband was gonna go home if I tested positive to go watch our daughter. And so I was like, I'm about to go through this birth alone. Like <laughs> I was so nervous. And she was like, um, your test results came in inconclusive. So then I had to get stuck again and then they came back and it was negative. So they brought us back to the room, but I was like, 
I was so nervous. Um, but yeah, so, um, so anyways, with that too, I don't know if you want me to go into detail about like COVID restrictions at the hospital where I was at, but, um, since I was negative, I didn't have to wear a mask. Um, so that was really nice. So I didn't have to wear a mask, um, during, um, delivery. And like when, when a nurse was in the room, um, at least in the delivery room, they didn't, they didn't, um, they didn't want, or not that they didn't want me, but they didn't care if I wore a mask or not. But when I went to postpartum, if a nurse came in, I had to wear a mask, um, just made them feel more comfortable, I guess. So, and then the whole time my husband had to wear one, um, unless someone wasn't in the room. Um, so yeah, so they admitted me, I went back there. That was probably at like, so I got to the hospital at four and probably it's, it was like six 30, almost seven by the time I actually got into the labor and delivery room. Um, and so I got in there, um, since I had my son on a weekend, it was like way less staffed. I don't know, like if that's normal, like at your hospital, but I guess weekends, it's not as, um, full staff wise. And I had my daughter on a weekday. And so I just remember having so many people in and out of my room all the time. And it was so different because like the whole time it was like, there was just one nurse that would come in and out, but she would only come really if I called her to come in, um, or if she saw something like on the monitor, that was weird. And, um, I don't know if it was a comfort thing, but for me, that was like, that like freaked me out for some reason, because I was so used to having like a ton of people from my daughter's birth there. Um, and just not knowing if it was going to go as fast as hers did. I was like, I need someone in here. Um, so yeah, what was I going to say? Like a good tip for women who might feel that way, like not going into it and not knowing what that experience would look like, mm -hmm. have someone like a doula there because, yeah, I mean, I was, I was a weekday as well, but, um, it was like during a hurricane. So there wasn't a lot of staff there either. And I don't know if that's normal though, but there was the same thing, like only one nurse in and out. It was really mm -hmm. quiet. Um, and for the most part, we were just chilling in there yeah. um, so yeah. I can see how that would be like ooh, especially if your first experience was not that way that, yeah that would probably be really off-putting so yeah definitely yeah and I would say so Lauren since she was further out and she I mainly had Lauren there like just for birth photography I didn't hire her for her doula services but honestly I mean she definitely acted as a doula too like she was so encouraging to me and I kind of wish, like, I wish that I had someone that was there. Like, I love my husband so much and he was great through all of it. But I don't know, there's something like about another like woman that's like helping you through something that like only another woman <laughs> understands. So, yeah. And like, and when you're, when you're in that position, like there's so many things that are going through your head, you know? And, um, and the other thing was my son's heart rate kept, um, dropping. So like they would come in and turn me over. Um, but I hadn't experienced that before. And so to me that like made me really nervous. And I, for me, I always say like, until that baby's in my arms, like I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not fully at peace until they're in my arms and they're here. So I definitely agree. I think that would have been really nice to have had her there a little earlier, had a doula there like the entire time. Um, but yeah. So that was like six, uh, I think six thirty seven o'clock we got in there. Um, 
and really things just kind of like stalled. So I still wasn't progressing. Um, and my contractions even started to like, like stall a little bit too. So they were getting further apart instead of getting closer. And, um, they were, they were definitely intense, but they weren't like, I was still feeling okay. So it wasn't anything like too bad at that point. Um, and I think I had taught, so I went into it wanting an epidural. Um, I had one with my daughter's birth. I had a really good experience with it. And so I knew going in this time that I wanted one. Um, and so I had told the nurse that, but I had said with my daughter's birth, I was 10 minutes away from not having it. Um, so I didn't want that to happen again. So I actually ended up getting the epidural a little bit earlier. Um, I think I got it around like 10, 10 30. Um, because now they don't have to do an hour of liquids. They only have to, or fluids. They only have to do, um, 10 minutes of it, like before you get the epidural. Um, so I got it around like 10 30 in the morning. And, um, then they also decided that they wanted to start Pitocin. So I think I started the Pitocin right before I got the epidural. Um, and checked at that point, like, no. So that was the other thing. They weren't like consistently checking. They just kind of were going off of my contractions. And I kept asking, I was like, am I going to be checked? Like, can I know where I'm at? And they were like, let's get Pitocin in you first. And then, um, and then we'll do the epidural and then we'll check you after that. Cause it just kind of seems like you're stalling right now with your contractions. Like they're not as, um, close together. Um, Maybe which, that's been a good thing to like not have you it too much in your head, like, oh, I'm still out of one. And yeah, yeah. Really I know. And I, I I feel like it probably was, but for me, I'm like someone that I'm like, I want to know. Like I really yeah. wanted to know where I was at. Yeah. Um, because I knew I was getting the Pitocin, so I knew that I was gonna kick up. Like when I got Pitocin for my daughter, it was like so fast that everything happened. So I was like, okay, I I know Pitocin like works worked well for me last time, so I was hoping it would do the same. But yeah, so they did Pitocin, then the epidural, and then they finally checked me. Um, they finally checked me right before um, Lauren got there. So that was probably like shortly after they, um, shortly after they did the, um, they gave me the epidural. They checked me. I think it was like around eleven, eleven fifteen. And I was at a four at that point. So they checked me. I was at a four. And while they were checking me, the midwife, my midwife was like, hey, your water bag is still pretty full. Um, do you want me to go ahead and break it? And as she said it, it just like broke on its own. Um, so, yeah. Um, so it broke. And then that was, like I said, I think around like 11, 15, 11, 30. And Lauren had just gotten, gotten there. She was like, Hey, I'm going to nurse my son in the car real quick and then I'll come in. <laughs> so, um, she came in and, um, and from there, like I had the epidural in, but it only worked on one side, um, in the beginning. So they like had me kind of flip over to try to get more onto the other side and then, um, would flip me back and forth. And I had like the big peanut ball in between. Yeah. I have a really hilarious picture of my husband holding the peanut ball and like, <laughs> it just is really funny. Um, I'll have to send that to you, but it's so funny. So anyways, they put the peanut ball on in, they flipped me on different sides and, um, and I'm trying to, I don't know, like timing wise, but, um, 
yeah, around, like I said, around 1130, I was at four centimeters and my water broke. And then um, Lauren got there and things just kind of picked up from there. So my contractions got started getting a lot closer together, um, really strong. And um, did the flipping you work to make the epidural more consistent? Or? So it um, started working on the other side, but then I started losing it in the um, the side that I had had it in. So that was a thing. So, um, the nurse that I had was like, like, so you get at my hospital, you get a button to press to like pump more epidural in if you feel like you need more. Um, I did that with my daughter and it took me so long to get feeling back in my legs. And I knew I didn't want to feel that again. Um, I, I could feel a lot of pressure when I had my daughter, so I still like felt it, but, um, I wasn't like completely numb, but for some reason, like my legs took so long to get, like it, it was a while before I could start walking, like probably a full 24 hours. And I didn't want that again. Yeah. Um, I didn't want that again. I wanted to like not hurt as bad, but like be able to walk a few hours later. So I never pumped more in because the nurse was, the nurse freaked me out. She was like, you don't want to put too much in. Um, it's like, it's going to, you're not going to be able to walk for like a really long time. And I was like, well, I don't want that again. So I never hit the button. I only did that one shot of epidural. So it started wearing off and I don't know if I was just like so far into my labor that like I wasn't really thinking about that. I just felt so much pressure. And, um, if you've had a baby before, you know, like literally feels like a bowling ball is coming out of your butt when they're like about to come out. Um, and, uh, that is what I kept feeling, but this time it hurt so bad. And I was like, I remember like, I was like moaning through it and just all of that. And I kept saying to Lauren, my birth photographer, I knew that she had her I don't know how many, I don't know if she's had all of them without an epidural, but I know her last one she did. And I kept saying, I don't know how, okay. I was like, I don't know how you did it without an epidural. Like this is so intense right now. Like thinking that like the epidural was working, um, at that point. And I was like, this feels so intense. Like, I don't know how you did it without one. And she was, she was like, she was like, you, she, she just kept being like, so encouraging. She was like, you got it. Just keep going through it. Just keep going through it. And then, um, and yeah, and then it would like, you know, you like really feel the contraction when it stops, you're like, Oh, I can breathe again. And I finally was like, I need a nurse in here. Literally I had, there was nobody in there. We called the nurse in probably three times before I finally said like, this baby is coming out of me. I need, like, I have to push, like I, he's coming. And, um, I just remember getting, I was, I was feeling so anxious and so mad that like nobody was in my room because when I had my daughter, there was literally like six people in my room when I was about to have her. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. And so my husband, just for reference, my husband's a a physician's assistant. So he helped deliver my daughter and he's delivered a ton of babies. Um, and so like, there was things I kept feeling. So I kept saying like, Kim, can you check? Like, do you see, do you see him? Like, I really feel like he's coming out. And so he would like check and just see. And, um, there was a point where he was like, okay, let's go ahead and call the, um, nurse back in. Um, so basically from 1130 
to, I want to say it was probably 1230 when like my midwife came in, the nurses came in. I had gone from a four, from four centimeters to 10 centimeters in like an hour, hour and a half. So it was really fast. And, um, they came in and it was just my midwife and just the nurse. And they were like, okay, um, you're going to have to hold your legs up. Um, and we, um, I, and my husband was, was down there cause he was going to help deliver the baby. Um, and I just felt really nervous in that time because with my daughter, I had my mom there. She was holding my head up. I had, my husband was helping deliver. I had two nurses on the side holding my legs for me. And then I had, um, my midwife and another nurse down there and, and my husband. And so this time it was me, my husband down there, the midwife down there, one nurse who said, I have to hold my legs up, nobody behind my head. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I have, I have to do this. And I, at one point I thought like, okay, I'm going to ask my husband just to help me. But I was like, I didn't want to take him delivering our son away from him. Um, cause that was like just such a beautiful moment for our daughter and him. And, um, yeah, so I, um, they had me start pushing and finally more like nurses came in, but they had me start pushing. Um, and I probably start, I started pushing around 1250. So I started pushing around 1250 and, um, I just remember it hurting so bad and I was screaming at that point. So I was feeling everything that epidural was not working. <laughs> um, and I was screaming. They were, I kept asking him, I was like, am I pushing correctly? I can't tell. Like, I can't tell if I'm pushing. All I can hear is myself screaming. Like that was all I could like think about was that I was screaming so much. And, um, they were like, yeah, you are you got it. Just like when you feel the contraction, go ahead and push again. And, um, that was when like my second push was when I felt that my son was stuck. Like he was really stuck and I might start crying, <laughs> but he was really stuck. And it literally felt like I, like, I didn't feel this with my daughter. So like, this was all like a new feeling and sensation. Like it felt like I was stretched from like wall to wall. Like, and he was, his shoulders just kept hitting. Like he was not coming through. Um, and I, um, so they're, they're kind of coaching me through. Um, I didn't know this at the time, but the midwife had said, um, that they thought they were going to have to break his collarbone to get him out. Um, because he was not coming. And, um, at that point, that was when she looked at my husband and said, um, I'm going to take this. I can't have you help. And he like stepped to the side. And I, um, I, I remember kind of thinking like, okay, why isn't he coming up here? And he told me after, like, he was just in shock, like a physician's assistant that's delivered tons of babies and C-section babies too. And like, he said he was just standing there in shock. I mean, it's different when it's your own child, but yeah. Um, he just kind of like paced back and forth. And, um, and so there, I just was asking, I was like, is he okay? Is he okay? And they're like, yep. Like we, you need to push again. All right, let's push again. And so I, um, I pushed a few more times and he ended up coming out. They did not have to break his collarbone. Um, but the next thing that I remember is them holding him up in front of me and he is just blue, like purple, blue. And they, I hear them say, I hear and watch them unwrap the cord from his neck. And they say one, two, 
three once around the body. And he had the cord wrapped around his neck three times, once around his body. And they lay him on my chest. And I'm just like, is he okay? Is he okay? Is he okay? Like freaking out. And they're like, yep, we just let's stimulate him. We just got to stimulate him. And, um, and we're like, we're rubbing his head, trying to stimulate him. And I'm like still freaking out. And my nurse looked at me and said, you have to calm down. You're about to pass out. And in that moment, it was like mom mode. And I was like, okay. And I just like helped stimulate him. Um, still kind of freaking out inside. And then he finally lets out like one cry. But I mean, it felt like it felt like an eternity before he like cried. Um, and it took him a while to pink up. Like he was pretty blue um, for a while. And, um, but he was okay. He was totally fine. He was breathing. Um, and they said that what saved him was my cord was abnormally long. Like it was a like weirdly long cord. And they said that was why he was able to come out. They said either if it was a normal size, they would have had to go to a C-section or he would have been a stillborn. And they said that is like literally what saved his life with it having been wrapped around so many times. Um, so back when I was laboring and his heart rate kept dropping, it was because he was in distress and we just didn't know it wasn't like dropping so often that they were worried about it. It was just a little bit. Um, so even though he was stuck and even with all of that, he still was out in 15 minutes from the time I started pushing to the time he came out, it was like 15 minutes. It felt like for freaking ever. I, I remember saying like, this hurts, this hurts. And like just screaming. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and he, but he was, he was totally fine. Um, and he had like a few, um, like throughout the first 24 hours, he had some like choking spells because he was a really big boy. He was nine pounds, one ounce. My daughter was six pounds, 13 ounces, had an epidural for him had an epidural. I mean, have an epidural for her, had one for him, but it didn't work. Um, and he was a much bigger baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was like 15 minutes and he was out and, um, he was fine. He had, like I said, he had some choking spells. He was a big baby and he had, a, he just had a lot of fluid, um, from coming out so fast. And they, um, anytime Anytime that he had those like choking spells though, when we were in the hospital, there was always a nurse in the room. So I'm like, just so thankful that like, it never happened when we were just alone. Um, but like they had, it was like, they had to turn him over and like hit his back to like get him, um, try to help him out. But we still were able to leave the next day within 24 hours. And, um, yeah, my recovery was so much better this time around. And I really think it was because I, I, the epidural, like I was literally up walking the hour after I had him. Um, and I was not that way with my daughter and I felt so much better, like in just in the first few days, like after being home, it was like night and day, my recovery, my birth was a lot tougher, but, um, the recovery was a lot better. So, um, yeah, that's, I feel like that's it. I feel like I probably left out a bunch of stuff, but that, <laughs> that was wild everything I can remember. Yeah, oh it God. was, it was crazy. I, when I first, when we first got our birth photos back, I actually, they're so beautiful. I love them and I love having them, but it was really hard looking at them at first. Like yeah. I was really sad when I first looked at them. Um, and it took me a little while, like until I looked at them and just like, really like felt how beautiful that 
they really are in that experience, even though it was traumatic, it was so beautiful and it's what brought our son into the world, but it was definitely just a lot harder like to process afterwards. So. Absolutely. I've never heard of anything like that. Like when you said he was stuck, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, was it shoulder dystocia or something like that? But I've never heard of that many cord wraps happening yeah today that they've ever seen anything like that before um I don't know I the only thing that I remember them saying that like they hadn't really seen was one the cord being so long but then also um my placenta when it came out there was like a bag of water that was still attached to it and they were they asked if they could take a picture of it for um for like showing it to like their nursing students so that was like the only two things that they told me that were (laughs) that were like very different (laughs) yeah but they didn't say anything about um about the cord but i mean they they were i think they were really nervous at first um especially when so lauren had Lauren had asked if she could film, um, just some clips throughout the, um, throughout like my birth process to kind of show like what a COVID birth looked like, um, in the hospitals at that time. And, um, am I okay to say COVID on a podcast? Okay. I just didn't know if like, you know, people censor that stuff a lot. So I wasn't sure. Um, okay. (laughs) I'm like, I've said it a lot. So, um, but yeah, she asked if she could film some clips of like what a COVID style birth looked like. And I was like, yeah, that's totally fine. Um, so she had set up her like phone on a little tripod off to the corner. And I don't know if she meant to, but she ended up filming like the last 30 minutes of my birth. And so in the video, I, you can see the, the midwife, um, like, looking at the pediatric nurse and like going tapping her shoulder and then like going out to go get someone else because they weren't they thought that they were gonna have to break his collarbone um and then that was when they like told my husband and you literally in the video can see my husband pacing back and forth just like rubbing his hands together and like uh so nervous um but but yeah and I don't they never really I hadn't really heard of that either. I didn't, I, but I guess that sometimes they have to do that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the cord, I mean, in, in the video too, you can literally like you hear them saying one, two, three, once around the body. And then they like put him on my chest and it is a long time before he cries. Even in that video, the first time I watched it back, I was like bawling my eyes out watching it. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, like reliving it. But, um, but yeah, they never said if that was like, like how often they see that. I mean, my daughter had the cord wrapped around her neck once. Um, but they actually were able to get it off of her before she even came out. So, um, cause it was like really loosely wrapped, but yeah. Yeah. That's so scary that, like, it's like you can't, that's one of those things that you don't, you can't know beforehand. You can't see that in an ultrasound. Yeah. That is crazy. Well, I'm so glad that he is here and that you are safe. I'm sorry that that was so traumatic, but I'm so appreciative of of you sharing that story. And I'm sure other mamas who are listening who might have been through a similar experience feel very sad now after listening so yeah wow I'm a (laughs) that is crazy I was not expecting that 
you are a warrior. Seriously. Oh, thank you. Thanks. So beautiful. I want to see, yeah. are you going to post any more of your birth photos or do you think you're just going to keep them? Private? No, I'll post them. I actually, it's been what, 20 months now since my daughter's birth. And I still, I have her, her whole vlog saved. So I want to post both of theirs. Um, so I'm definitely going to post the photos and the story on, um, on their, on the blog and everything. And, um, I, Lauren actually has like put together a really beautiful video. She takes photos and videos during it, um, uh, like on her, um, main camera. And so she actually put together like a really beautiful video, um, and stuff that I'm going to, I'll probably share within his blog post. Yeah. So That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm sure it's not easy to watch, but I'm sure it's also like such a gift to yeah. have that like literal miracle yes. like, captured for you guys. Oh and yeah. It's just such a good testament too of how different birth stories can be and how mm -hmm. important it, it is to kind of walk into every experience with the ex obviously the experience that we have but also with a clean slate at the same yeah. time knowing that oh, yeah. anything could happen. And even down to like the way that you felt about not having as many people in the room mm -hmm. when you're pushing, like those are, those are little things that you probably wouldn't have even thought yeah, thought of preparing for, or that would even have much of an effect on you, Yeah, but it did, you know, it's like, Oh, well this was last time. So I was expecting to feel secure yeah. in this way. And that wasn't the case. So yeah. Um, that is so valid though. And I probably wouldn't have ever thought of anything like that either, but yeah. yeah, I, um, I also like, just with you saying like how different like births are, like in my mind, I was going into it. It was like, okay, I got induced at 39 weeks with my daughter. I was getting induced at 39 weeks with my son. I was going in for a fully ball. I went in for a fully ball with my daughter. I was planning to go in with a fully ball for my son. And so I just thought like in my mind, I was like, it's going to be exactly how my daughter's was. And it was yeah. totally different. Um, but um, something that's so interesting was with my daughter, I went into like with, with getting an epidural or not getting one. I honestly, with my daughter was was like, when I go in, I'm going to do whatever I feels right in the moment. Like I didn't know for sure if I was going to get an epidural or if I wasn't. And I chose to get one and I was really happy with that decision. And then with my son, because I had such a great experience with my daughter, I chose to get one again. Um, but as you heard, it didn't really work that time around. And honestly, having both experiences, which I'm like shocked that I'm going to say this, even though like it hurts so bad, I, our next, we want to, we hopefully will have another baby at some point in a while, not anytime soon, not as close as they are. <laughs> um, but with my next, I actually think I would want, I want to do it without an epidural. Um, just one, because of like, just how I felt after, like with recovery, like it was so worth it. It felt yeah. so much better. Yeah. Um, and I felt a lot with my daughter. I felt all of the pressure and everything and I felt her coming out, but I like experienced like literally every single feeling I could have had with my son. And like I said, while it hurt so bad and it was a more traumatic experience, like I think almost having that through that experience m helped me like walk through that, through it better. And, um, and a little more yeah. control. And yeah. 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 So, which I just think is interesting because 
I would have thought that afterwards I would have been like, heck yeah, I'm going to get an epidural again. I don't want to go through that again, but it's actually the opposite. So, well, that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that perspective. I know that some moms probably have experienced both and would go back and do an epidural and then there's some who would feel like you do. And, but I think so much of it is like the mentality that you go in with. And Mm -hmm. if you go in prepared we're unmedicated it's a it's definitely a different experience there's probably another a, an additional layer of trauma for you when you mm-hmm. went in expecting yeah to have an epidural birth and not getting yeah. that experience it's like that's a that's not something that you can yeah. just go in and be like oh yeah I'm just gonna wing this yeah. and, and it's gonna be fine like it's very intense and yeah. you had to not only go through that but then the situational trauma yeah. on top of there's it a lot. Like, that's a lot, but, um, but that's really cool that you feel that way. That's how I felt about it after my own birth experience was like, that was the hardest thing I ever did, but like the coolest thing I ever did. And I Mm -hmm. would do that even though it was so intense because of how great I felt after and just like being able to experience it, I guess. But that's again different for everybody. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say to you, like going back to your point of like having a doula and everything there, um, with having such a traumatic experience and like having to process so much, one thing that I really appreciated with Lauren, like although she was mainly there to be my birth photographer, she still is a doula at heart. So she was still acting that way throughout the whole thing. But even after, like she texted me the next day and asked how I was doing and was checking in to see how I was processing everything and like all of that. And having someone that is not, that is outside of like your um, family circle asking and checking in, I felt just felt really comforting. It was really nice. So I would just encourage anybody that like, um, is interested in having a doula to definitely like think about it and do your research and reach out. If you're even just thinking about it, it, I am super thankful to have um, been able to have her there. And she wasn't even supposed to be my birth photographer at first. It was mainly because you had to have a doula certification to be in the hospital. Yeah. And her associate was going to be there, but um, Lauren ended up being the one to photograph it because um, she was allowed in the hospital. And I'm just yeah. thankful it all worked out the way. Although her associate would have been amazing as well, but yeah. um, but it was just nice having that having that perspective um, of a doula with me through it. Lauren's awesome. She's going to be on too at some point. Um, yeah. I don't know exactly when this episode will be released and when when hers will because we're still going to record it, but. Um, She'll be on here too, just to yeah. reference for everyone listening. Um, and yeah, like you said, how, you know, she couldn't help but be a doula. I feel yeah. like I would kind of be like that too. And that's why I'm only doing them together because I think it would be just really hard to separate those things and like mm-hmm. just be a doula or just be a photographer. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. if you have the skill set, you might as well offer yeah. both to who you're Definitely. serving. You know, yeah. it's like a part Definitely. of who you are. So, and I know Lauren just does that out of the like goodness yeah. and dualness yeah. of her heart, which, <laughs> which speaks to her character so much. So, well, thank you so much for sharing. This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for and having me. Of course. Let's tell everyone, if you want, where they can yeah. find you and connect with you if maybe they want to reach out. 
Yeah. Um, Instagram's probably the best, but it's Sarah Reeves underscore photo. Um, and yeah, you can find me on there. Um, I post lots of, um, photography work, but also a lot of stuff on my babies. So if you want to see my babies, you can see them there. <laughs> they are precious. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. And yeah. we'll see you next time, mamas. <laughs>